Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 103 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I have to tell you, I have had a really, really busy week. And I am sitting here in my sweatpants and sneakers and totally lounging and feel so absolutely wonderful and happy holding this hot cup of tea. And I'm so glad to be talking to you right now. This is totally my happy place. So thanks for connecting. And one of the reasons why I'm tired is I am finding as a parent that really diet culture is all around us, especially if you're listening to this podcast in real time January, oh, there's just so many commercials and ads for things teaching my children to hate their body and that they need to be fixed. So yes, I'm exhausted. 
And I'm really excited to share with you a letter from someone who's experiencing that same kind of fatigue. And we get to speak to Anna Lutz. She's a dietitian that lives really close to me. I'm really lucky to have gotten to know her. And I can't wait for her to share her words of wisdom for you and for the letter writer who is struggling to protect her children as they navigate diet culture. And if you are new to the Love Food Podcast, welcome. If you enjoy the show today, I would really appreciate a rating and review. And why do you always hear me say this? Well, there's this like weird kind of algorithm that goes on with Apple Podcasts that we all kind of are wondering and scratching our head about. We don't really get it, but we do know whenever someone leaves a rating or review, subscribes to the show or shares it, it seems to help make the show easier to find for other people. And I don't know about you, but I really want everyone to feel at home in their own skin. I want more people to be connected to food peace. And so the more people who can find the Love Food Podcast, the better I feel like the whole world can be. So any kind of rating, review, subscribe, share, anything like that that you can do for the show is greatly appreciated. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Are you affected by PCOS and a diet rock bottom? I want to help. I have created a course just for you. Seriously, just for you. And I have found a way by working with hundreds of women with PCOS to help them to navigate that experience, promote health and not diet. I wanna share all of these tools with you. I have a 12 step system that I put together in a course and it's launching this week. Enrollment is opening up again, January 25th. If you would like to get on the wait list, go to pcosandfoodpeace.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I have such a different relationship with you than I did before. I don't restrict you physically or mentally. I don't even talk about you, except for those fun times when I'm watching a show on the Food Network or describing a great dessert or meal to be cooked. In my home, I model a non-diet way of eating and living for my daughter. I let her decide how much is enough to eat. We enjoy food. She knows which one have some nutritional value and which ones are just for fun. We don't put moral value on one of these types over the other. We enjoy both. I'm trying to instill a positive body image for my daughter as well. I don't make comments about my body, nor hers. We read books like Strong is the New Pretty by Kate T. Parker. We discuss photoshopping in magazines and how people are of different sizes. But I wonder if this is enough. Can I do more? Can I protect her from the wild and crazy diet culture out there? I hear about adults who have never dieted or dieted only once and knew they would never do it again. I have met adults who don't have issues around food. I want to know what their parents did, what type of environment they grew up in that enabled them to arrive to adulthood unharmed by diet culture. I wish I would have grown up that way, but even though I did it, I want that for my daughter. What else can I do? Yours truly, concerned, anti-diet mom of a tween. Hey there, tween mom. You know, I'm a mom of a tween too. 
feels really weird to say that. I can't believe she's getting that old. But I want to tell you that I totally can relate to the letter you just wrote. And we are doing a lot of the same things to help protect our children from diet culture. And what you're probably noticing is that there's only so much protection we can do because it, it is a wild and crazy world out there. Luckily, I have been able to connect with some really amazing people who do the same work that I do. And one in particular, her name is Anna Lutz. She's a dietitian that actually only lives about an hour and a half from me. And she's one of the first person one of the first people rather that I knew that did similar work. And I've really admired the work that she does in the area that you're looking into. She's done a lot of work with eating disorder prevention for kids and teenagers. So I am really excited because we're going to give her a call and let's together get some insight. Hello. Hi, Anna. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Julie? I'm great. It's so great to talk to you again. And thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me about this letter. Did you get a chance to read it? I did. And I really felt for this mom. I'm in a, I have similar age children. Well, I have a, a, someone who just turned 11. So I can really feel what she's saying in this letter. Me too. You know, there was part of me that was like, can we go and just have a glass of wine and commiserate because I totally agree. Um, my daughter's only nine, uh, almost 10. And I feel like I'm, I'm part of me is like, okay, it's going to be okay. And then there's another part of me that's totally freaking out. <laughs> so, yes. so part of me selfishly was really excited to talk to you about this letter because, you know, I'm going to be taking my own notes for our family. So, um, you know, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see what I can do. Yeah. Well, and I know this is a, an area of expertise for you. And so when I read the letter, I was like, oh, gosh, I need to get Anna for this one because I think it's really important. And I know, again, I feel like I you really know your stuff with this. So when you were reading the letter, you know, what was your a general impression about what this letter writers are experiencing? Well, it, it really made especially the part of what else do I need to be doing really it really made me think about that she wants to do everything she can. And as moms and dads, there's so much about raising children we don't have control over. And that's scary. So whether it's body image and nutrition or it's, um, you know, bullying or, or what other kids are saying or what their kids are wearing, you know, there's only so much we can do. And that's, for me, one of the scariest things about being a parent um, is I can do what I can do at home, but then I have to kind of take a deep breath and think, okay, I, this is what I'm doing, but I can't control the outside world. We, we definitely can. And I remember when my daughter was younger, that really, 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 really freaked me out because I, it was so easy to protect them when, you know, they're like two and three. And, um, but the, the neat thing that I, I noticed as she got older, um, and I was, I was like laying the foundation, like the non-diet and the body positive kind of foundation is whenever she saw something that didn't, wasn't consistent, she would be like, huh, that's weird. Like that was, that seemed yeah. odd instead of normal. And, and again, like that felt kind of scary because I'm like, oh no, she's seeing it. And so now um, I find myself kind of like, 
I need to prepare her. And I'm seeing how the preparation is starting to, I don't know, it, it's, she, I can tell she's um, resisting the, the diet culture yeah. sometimes. Um, and I, as I say that, I'm also still terrified, like this letter writer. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but, but I feel like, you're saying, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is is so true, is that the things we do at home, it, it, the modeling we do, that is what is almost like, um, like almost inoculation against diet culture out in the world. You know, we can't we can't prevent it from them experiencing it, and you know, almost on a daily basis. But we're creating this foundation that they're going to always be able to go back to, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's so scary. But yeah. Um, yeah, but if we can find some kind of peace in that, um, and remind ourselves we're doing what we can do, mm-hmm. um, can be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, she talks about there's people that she's met who've never dieted or only have once and they didn't seem to have a negative experience in in diet culture. Um, What do you think is the secret for that experience for those people who have been able to, like, wiggle their way around and not be so negatively affected by diet culture? Like, what did they do, you know? Well, I, it goes back to, for me, it really goes back to the age old question of nature versus nurture, you know, that, um, there, we can grow up in a home where there's no dieting, where, um, food is just food. There's no negative talk about bodies. Um, and that person can live their life and not have any issues. And then you might have another person who grows up in the same household, um, that may have have some issues with body image or, um, dieting and that type of thing. And so some of it is, we've got to remember personality or genetics. And so just to remember, you know, we could do all quote the right things and our child may struggle in some ways in these areas, but that doesn't mean we did something wrong, but think about what we're doing to support them um, given the person that they are. Um, so that's what came to my mind when I read that was, um, everyone's different. Um, and, um, and some of that is if genetically our parents don't have any, um, concerns around food and body, then we might be like them. So you kind of see these families that it doesn't touch at all. Mm-hmm. Have you, um, I know for me, I, I have a feeling this happened to you too, where I'll talk to a parent whose child's in the throes of an eating disorder and they're just like, I did everything that I thought was the right thing where I, you know, we never said the word diet, all bodies are accepted and, and it still happened. And like you said, sometimes people yeah. can do every single thing that's right. And sometimes it comes down to, yeah, like personalities and genetics and, um, and yeah, and so sometimes she, this person could be doing everything. And so to not go down that rabbit hole of like blame, you know, I didn't do enough. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I, I have experienced just what you've, just what you've said, a parent that is so tuned into this and, and, and they feel like, what did I do wrong? And certainly they didn't. And I've also experienced families who um, maybe are struggling with their child being bigger than their peers. And they're sitting there saying, you know, maybe they've been having some restrictive messages or they've been um, introducing diet messages. And I'm working with them to really put that aside and to really um, support this child with having the body they're supposed to have. Um, And they say, well, what about the world? They're going to, you know, they're going to go out into the world and experience all this negativity. And I say to them, well, we can't change that. 
but you know that that is probably going to happen unfortunately but we, what we can do is make sure that her home and her family is really supportive mm-hmm. um, and and kind of again arm her with this self-confidence and this um, safe place um, as she grows up in this culture uh, so many few people are fighting to change but it's gonna it's unfortunately um, gonna take a while yeah yeah and I I totally agree I'm like the more we can do to support children who bodies look different than their peers, I feel like is so important instead of like, oh, let's just change your body then. And then you'll, it'll be easier. Um, such a, right. no, that's not the message we want to send. And, and yeah, the, the world is, um, not always accepting. And I feel like there are ways, especially having that home base to be safe and accepted no matter what is one of the, like, I feel like that is such an important part of that. And, and also the, if you're thinking even like health long-term, it's like, that's one of the ways to support yeah. it too. So, um, so interesting. And so for this person writing the letter, you know, um, what do you feel like are the first few things that you would recommend to this, to this parent to just to help protect her family? Well, you know, some of the things she may already be doing, but things that come to my mind is certainly the modeling just day after day, um, positive, talking positively about bodies, about her own body, like have her children hear her talk positive about her own body, about other people's bodies, about talking neutrally about food. It sounds like she's already doing some of that with not um, putting more uh, morals around food. Um, but I love talking to parents about modeling, speaking so much louder than words that um, so often we want to say, we want to use the words, um, you know, that food isn't bad for you or, you know, or some other parents might say that food is bad for you, but that the modeling is what, um, really, really we know in all areas of parenting, um, is what makes the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And then the other mm-hmm. thing that came to mind is, um, having consistent family dinners. Um, and I like to kind of make sure when I say that, that, that could it could actually be any meal. Sometimes dinners don't fit into a certain family schedule. So that might be that sometimes they're able to sit down and for an afternoon snack together or breakfast time together. And it doesn't need to look like a gourmet meal. Um, I've heard recently someone say a family meal is sitting at a table facing each other with food. <laughs> I love that. Oh man. Yeah. Cause the pressure to cook. Oh, I wish I knew who said that. Um, <laughs> Or I would quote them, but I, that's a, I, I love that idea. It doesn't have to be, it could be peanut butter and crackers, but as long as we're sitting facing each other without distraction, without the TV on, it's a family meal and we can connect. And yeah. I feel like we just know how valuable that is. So what, what about the family meal, like then helps protect this tween, you know, like why does that help so much? Well, I think it's what we know from the research. It's kind of on two level, it, two levels. It's, that families are sitting and talking. And so there's communication happening. Um, and so that parents and children are connecting over what's going on in their life. Um, but also from a nutrition standpoint, since I'm a dietitian, um, I also really think about the modeling of what a meal looks like, you know, that there are these different parts. It doesn't need to be this gourmet meal that only happens once a week. It's just that dinner can be these kind of basic parts and we're going to sit down and make the time, um, 
put food kind of in its place that it, we're going to take a little bit of time to eat and then we're going to kind of move on and do something else. So I feel like it's this kind of twofold of communication with parents um, and children, but also modeling around how to handle food mm-hmm. um, and what that looks like in our kind of um, world where food culture has really changed in the last 50 years. Well, I wonder if this letter writer is experiencing something like this because something that I'm noticing, you know, because the letter writer and you and me, Anna, we're kind of like doing the same thing. <laughs> and so <Right>. um, <laughs> as my children are starting to pick up on some of the diet culture, like how would you recommend to respond to that? You know, like what what's a good way then to help like arm our children to like live in that world that's so like fat phobic? So as so I want to make sure I understand your question, yeah. just as the children start to um, experience the diet, diet culture and that is kind of coming back, like they're asking you about it or they're or yeah, like or just like, um, yeah, my like my older kid will be like, oh, you know, someone so said that this is bad or that fat bodies are bad or, you know, just even how to respond when they start to like learn um, yeah. if you have any insight on ways to kind of roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> What I do, because I, I usually have that first freak out inside, <laughs> is I try to always answer with a question. That's my response, because I don't want to, I want to say all this, like, ah, that's not true. You know, instead I'll say, well, what do you think? Um, and that, that gives my daughter um, and son a little bit of time to think, but it also gives me time to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they're able Um, I'm thinking probably more specifically with my daughter who's 11, you know, that gives her time to, to think a minute. And, and usually her response is pretty good. Um, And if it's something, you know, I can say, well, you know, that absolutely sounds reasonable to me, or it might be like, can I, can mommy tell you what, what I think and what I've experienced? Or another question might be, well, why do you think she would say that? Or that's really different from what we talk about at home. Um, why do you think we talk about this so differently at home? Mm, so I try to that's start a, a conversation um, because of what I, my instinct is to correct it. And I know that's not probably yeah. going to be the best. Yeah. We'll get into a little bit of a battle. Right. And it becomes something else. And I have a feeling uh, that, that I can see that being really helpful for me. And so again, I feel like the letter writer and the two of us are kind of parenting in the same way. And so, yeah, that, that instinct of like, <gasps> I want to totally like, scream and pout and, and then tell them the right answer. (laughs) And really, I like how you're like, okay, let's delay, calm, calm the hell (laughs) down. And and then like, I think it's really cool to be like, well, what do you think? I think that's such a great, I mean, I I can see myself doing that in other areas outside of food. And um, so letter writer, I hope that helps because I feel like that's, you know, from what we gleaned from the letter, she's doing all the things that she has access to, to help support the person to stay embodied and, and to grow, to be in, into an adult that has a healthy relationship with food and bodies and also respectful to other bodies. So, um, you know, to just kind of continue the conversation, almost like you were saying with family dinners, it's like that connection and the community. And so when diet culture kind of comes up in conversation to keep the conversation going, probably is one of the things that just continues to arm them. And like, that critical thinking piece of it. Like that's what I want them to keep doing. So 
So if you are new to the Love Food Podcast, we have something on here called the the Food Peace Syllabus. And that is a collection of blog posts and other podcasts and anything under the sun that helps further cultivate a healthy relationship with food and body. And if you would like a copy of the syllabus, you just go to juliedillonrd.com and you can get it right there. And Anna, would you like to add anything to it? I would. I've got a few books that are kind of my go-to books um, that might be helpful for this, the letter writer, but it might be helpful for other people too. Probably my, the first one I think of is Your Child's Weight, Helping Without Harming. And that's a book by Ann Satter. Uh, And this, and this book, um, you know, really kind of lays out um, strategies for parents to really raise children in a way of um, supporting the body that they've been given, no matter what that body looks like. Uh, and so I love this book. It's kind of a reference that I go back to a lot. Um, and then the second one I thought of was by Kath Cater, and it's called Real Kids Come in All Sizes. And um, the subtitle is 10 Essential Lessons to Build Your Child's Body Esteem. And again, it's, an, it's another great book for parents um, to, who are thinking through these issues. And there might be a few things in it to really pull out that would help um, if a parent is struggling. And if I can do one more, that would be great. Yeah, I would love it. Um, this one is not related to food or body, but it's a, it's a new book called Social Media Wellness helping tweens and teens thrive in an unbalanced digital world. And it's by Anna Humayun. And I love the way there's several books about um, social media, but I love the way this book is written because it it's from a wellness perspective and a balance perspective. So it's, it's not about kind of fear and, you know, don't let your kids do it at all. It's more about how are you going to handle this? You've got a tween or a teen. Um, and I do really see how social media is having a huge impact on people and on self-esteem and how people think of themselves. So um, I've got this book right by my bedside table since I have a child going to middle school next year. Oh, yeah. And I'm I, terrified. <laughs> me too. Um, those are awesome resources. I look forward to reading those. I, the, the You know, of course, Ellen Satter, as I know very well, I use it as a reference all the time, too. And the other two I have not read. So I look forward to getting myself up to speed on the syllabus with these two. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate all this insight. And um, if someone is wanting to know more about you and I, you know, I know you're a dietitian in North Carolina with um, a group practice. Could you tell us more about that and how people could get a hold of you? Absolutely. Yes, I um Primarily what I do is I see clients. I'm, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our practice is called Lutz, Alexander, and Associates Nutrition Therapy. And all of the dietitians in my practice specialize in eating disorders and family feeding. And we approach all of our work from a non-diet approach, health at every size. Um, and so I love kind of, I feel like I'm surrounded with really great like-minded dietitians. Awesome. We see clients in Raleigh. And then we also have an office in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. And we do do some telehealth. So if there's anyone um, outside of our area that's wanting some support, you could look at our website, which is lutzandalexander.com. Um, you could look us up. And um, my email is my name, Anna, at lutzandalexander.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, again, your insight, totally valuable and, again, selfishly I took so many notes. <laughs> so thank you. And I hope you have thank a great you. rest of your day. Thanks, Julie. I really appreciate it.
So tween mom, I hope this helps. And I really hope it helps calm kind of your nerves with this experience. And as I say that, I kind of laugh because I'm like, I'm totally there with you. So many of us are fighting to eradicate fat phobia and get rid of the violence of diet culture. And I know, I totally know how it is to like let our child, our children also live in that world. And here's the cool thing. You know, most of us weren't brought up with this kind of ammo and this shield to protect us and also advocate for people of all sizes. And we're raising people, more and more people to be in this kind of mindset. So who knows the amazing shit they're going to be able to do. Like all of these children now growing up with this new information as a foundation, I am just so excited to see what comes from it. I think it's going to be pretty powerful. I see food has written back. Before we go, if you enjoy the show, I would appreciate a rating, a review, or subscribe to the show. The way to do that is just to click on the show in Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, and you'll see a place to give a rating, review, or to subscribe. I really appreciate it in advance. Also, this episode was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. It's opening up for enrollment in just a few days, rather, January 25th. If you would like to get more information or get on the wait list, go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, enough of that. Letter writer, please stay in touch and know we are fighting with you. Take care. Dear Concerned Anti-Diet Tween Mom, Our travels together have felt more symbiotic these past few years. We are so glad we did the work to make amends and you're passing this on to your family. They are growing up to be critical thinkers and embodied, yet we appreciate how scary this can be. Diet culture is violent and fat phobia is oppressive. Continue to support your kids to not comply with the rigid rules and rather trust themselves. Enhance the connection by bringing you to the table every day. It's a scary world, yet you are the greatest shield to keep them feeling at home in their own skin. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.